the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Well, I hate to quote uh, Cheech and Chong, but uh, Dave's not here yet, and J.R. Davis is in the studio. J.R., how are you, sir? I'm doing good, Russ. I think he's just getting me back for last week. Gotta be. That's all it is. I think that's the case. But what's going on with you today? Not too much, man. Just uh, running around. The governor's out this week. Um, he took a, a, just a small break before we get back into the thick of things, so we're catching up, and um, obviously a lot to talk about with the uh, legislative task re- task force on tax reform um, and tax relief. That was yesterday and today, so some good things to talk about there, but uh, really, uh, things are going pretty smooth. What's going on in your world? Well, you talk about the governor taking the day, taking the week off because I saw him on Saturday. I was uh, out at uh, he was out with Seth at uh, the uh, and his his uh, his uh, heavies out at the gun show on Saturday. Yeah. He was out there at Murphy's Gun Show out there at uh, the the fairgrounds and uh, got a chance to chat with him for just a minute. I didn't want to take up a whole lot of his time because I know he's out there to talk to the talk to everybody else out there and i'll get a chance to see him at some point and get a chance to talk to him but it was nice to see not only him but uh congressman french hill was out there uh and judicial candidate david sterling was out there as well they were all out just uh chance to get and get out and and see people and be seen out in public and it was kind of nice he's told he told me he said uh I'm looking forward to taking the week off and and just enjoying some time on my own this week. Yeah, no, and that was a that was apparently the place to be this last week. And I know the governor likes to get out there and just really just talk to folks. Likes to hear back from them. I can't tell you how many times he's uh, brought folks concern back to the office. See if we can make sure we can get some things corrected. That sort of thing. So I think he just enjoys that feedback, but. I said he took the week off. Uh, I don't know that you can ever take the week off as governor. I think we've blown him up this week as much as <laughs> any normal week. He's just done it from afar. So, um, But, no, that's good. Yeah, and French Hill was out there, and it was a big turnout, I hear. It was a huge turnout. Yeah. Uh, great show. Um, a lot of money, I'm sure, raised for uh, youth shooting sports here in the state of Arkansas. Now, you were talking about, just as we were coming into this, the uh, task tax the tax task force man we all have i know i'm telling you we got to come up with a better name what happened yesterday so basically yesterday um uh, dfna the department of finance administration really sort of detailed the governor's proposal uh for the tax cut that that we hope to implement in the 2019 legislative session Uh, and really this was something that uh, took from a lot of what the task force has already, uh, you know, researched, talked about those discussions. It really helped us sort of form what we were looking at. But one of the big uh, pieces of that uh, would be uh, sort of surrounded by the governor's four goals, which is what this plan achieves. The first goal is, you know, he wanted to see uh, the income tax reduction, uh, or excuse me, the income tax rate go from six point nine to six percent. Uh, this plan actually gets it to five point nine percent. Uh, and then on top of that, uh, what we did was we folded in the three brackets 
into one, and it's called the two four five point nine plan, which it makes it so much more simpler for the uh, taxpayer uh, and, and also just in general as far as simplification goes. So that'd be about from anything eight thousand and less would be at two percent, uh, eighteen thousand. Uh, to about $8,001 would be 4%, and then anything above $18,001 would be at 5.9%. So that's the plan. But the governor's always said, look, I want to get it to at least 6%. Uh, I want to make sure that um, that nobody's taxed, that no taxpayer sees any increase in their taxes through this plan. Uh, the third thing would be, hey, you know, let's remember while we look at this plan, we take into consideration that we've cut $150 million already, which has affected 90% of Arkansans as far as taxpaying Arkansans go. And then finally, just remember this is a process. And while I think we are really getting to uh, sort of the final steps of legislation as far as, you know, which direction we're going to move. Uh, there are still some tweaks and things that are going to change, um, but we're, we're really excited about the plan, and I think this is really sort of what the legislative task force has been looking to do. This is what the governor's been looking to do, uh, and there was a lot of good feedback yesterday. And I've got to give props to DFNA and their income tax division. They have been, you know, nose down working on this for months and months and months, and I, we got a lot of great feedback from legislators yesterday. All right, well, that's, uh, that's excellent. By the way, I'm glad that you answered the first question without <laughs> me even being here. I was, I was in a meeting, and everybody forgot to tell me what time it was. <laughs> I told them you were just getting me back for last week. I was like, that's yeah, fair, no, fair, no. fair game. It's, it's good. I appreciate you jumping right in. Oh, talking yeah, no about, problem. Because this is the biggest story of the day, and that yeah. is about the, uh, the, the tax, tax force and what they've come up with. And the governor is happy with it then. No, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, uh, he is. This is something we've been working on for a long time, but it's also stuff that we've gathered from uh, the uh, tax task force, uh, all the conversations they've had, all the testimony that they've had. And, you know, if you remember when they fired the consultant, they brought on DFNA to be really the ones to, yes. to take a look at this. Well, they seem to be the ones that know what's going yeah, on. Well, man, I tell you what, uh, I mean, when you hear uh, Paul Gehring there, who's heading it up and was testifying yesterday before the task force say that we are absolutely confident in these numbers, that's that's great to hear and i think it gives a lot of confidence to the legislator uh, legislature and the legislators that were there yesterday as we move forward with this process but when you look at the fact that we have three different income tax brackets right now that's pretty complicated well yeah uh, yeah that, and you that have was to figure one of the out, things they said that everybody who was complaining about taxes yeah. here in the state said it had to be fixed Absolutely. And so when you look at this plan, the proposed plan, it would be, like I said before, a 2%, 4%, and a 5.9%. So essentially, after you get past 18000 you're at pretty much a flat tax from then on up. And at that point, it makes it a lot easier to start, you know, ticking off, uh, you know, from 59 to 5.8 to 5.7. It just makes it a lot easier where you don't have these cliffs that you have to deal with where we have in the past. So I think the governor's very... Uh, excited about this plan we know it's still a work in progress um, with the legislature we're, look, we're looking forward to working with them and making sure we get a plan uh, presentable uh, to the rest of the legislature where we can get this done for the people of arkansas it's going to be a lot of fun so what are some areas that people are are saying well i don't know about that well i'll tell you as far as the sort of the totality of the plan we heard really nothing but positive feedback yesterday i think the Two, four, five from even point, the Democrats. 
Yeah, I think for the most part it was Republicans <laughs> that were speaking. But sure. you know, uh, Senator Elliott, she she asked some questions. But I think in general, like so, this is this is the really important takeaway too. So it's sort of like a uh, there's sort of three elements here. One is obviously you know folding three tax brackets into one, simplifying Correct. it. The other one uh, is that instead of going from 6.9% to 6, we're going from 6.9% to 5.9%. Not only do you, well, I'll back up. If you did just the 69 to 6%, it'd be roughly 162,000, 168,000 Arkansans who would be affected by that. Okay. By ticking it down one more tenth of a percentage point, you're now... Uh, affecting about 512,000 Arkansans. Wow, that's incredible. So it really makes a big difference there. The third part of it is, and this is really important, uh, standard deductions for uh, a single person goes from, I believe, 2200 to about $6,800. For a married couple, it goes from about 4400 to 13600 Wow. So this is a very big deal. And the reason, part of the reason uh, is... That you know, when you look at the tax bracket from zero to eight, and then from eight thousand one dollar to eighteen thousand, right now from eight thousand to eighteen thousand one dollar, uh, those individuals pay three point four percent of uh, of taxes. This would bump them to four percent. So what this does is offset that with these standard deductions, and uh, and so I think that it's. Uh, it, it was, it's such a well-thought-out plan, and when you talk about reform, this is truly reform to the state's tax code, and it will benefit all Arkansans from top to bottom. So that's exciting when you talk about something like that. Um, so, again, it's I, I don't want to say it's still early in the process. We're, we're already at September, but I think what you're going to see from this point forward is as the task force continues to meet, uh, we'll start really honing in on what that legislation looks like. Uh, so Arkansans are starting to get a taste of that reform sort of in concrete, and then you'll start seeing it in legislative form as we get closer to the session. But uh, obviously, this is a plan that could not have been reached uh, without uh, the legislative task force, all the research and work they've done with it. Uh, the co-chairs, Lane Jean, uh, Jim Hendren, uh, have really put a lot of work into this, and that's where we got a lot of this information. Uh, DFNA has been working with the legislature as well, and so this is the plan that that uh, they detailed yesterday, and, and I think it's a uh, absolutely in the right direction. We'll see how it sort of unfolds from here until December. Okay, there was a couple of things that were always talked about. One was the individual tax rates and, mm-hmm. and what were going to, what was going to happen. The other was what was going to happen corporately. Uh, maybe not as ambitious as people had wanted it, but you think people will be, you know, happy with reducing the corporate rate from six to just five point nine percent. Well, I, I think it was 6.5% to 5.9%, I believe, with the corporate income tax. I don't know what it says okay. in the paper. but 6% to 5.9%. Well, anyway. On incomes between 25000 and 100000 And then from 65 to 5.9% on incomes exceeding $100,000. Yeah. So I think, obviously, you know, anytime you can get both of those down to 5.9%, you're making a lot of progress. Um, the goal, the goal of the governor has always been to get it to five percent. But what I think this does is really uh, establishes a foundation where you know future legislators uh, and uh, future governors, for that matter, can look at sort of this flat tax and say, okay, we can start chipping away at it 
even more so than what we've done because we've eliminated those additional brackets and now there's no possibility of a cliff. I mean, we're not even talking about cliffs anymore if this is the plan that passes, which yeah, is Why great. don't you explain to everybody what is meant by cliff? So when you're talking about a cliff, if, if as we did sort of in um, 2015, you remember the governor – uh, you know, led the charge to pass his $100 million tax cut for middle-income Arkansans. When we did that $100 million income tax cut for middle-income Arkansans, uh, you, you had to take into account all three brackets. So mm-hmm. if someone were to make 70, I'm just throwing this out there as an example, but if someone were to make $75,001, right, then they may be subject due to that cliff to end up paying another $100 in taxes versus someone else just because they made a little bit more. So what we have to do in that regard is we have to basically manipulate the brackets to make sure we sort of try to eliminate those cliffs. You can't get rid of them altogether. But in this case, when you're dealing with one bracket and it's 2%, 4%, and anything over $18,000 is 5.9%, you've eliminated that cliff for the most part because now anyone that makes over that uh, which is obviously the median income in Arkansas is around thirty nine thousand mm-hmm. uh, dollars, closer to forty now. But anytime you are able to get it down to sort of that flat tax, anyone making above that eighteen thousand dollars can. There's more certainty there. Does that make sense? So yeah. if you go from five point nine, let's say a future legislative session, they say we want to drop it to five point six. Well, now everyone knows above eighteen thousand. You're you know, going to get that. You're going to get that. Or yeah, exactly. So you, there's not, you know, you don't have to do the complicated math when you're working on your returns at the end of the year. And then when you talk about standard deductions, uh, that that's just a huge deal. Uh, our standard deductions right now are pretty low, and so it, it helps um, Arkansans, you know, really and truly, uh, if they have something. Let's say if you're married and you have, you know, itemized deductions that are above. $13,600. You're still able to do that, right? Mm-hmm. Most, most I would say, or a lot of Arkansas probably don't have that. So now you're able to uh, really take, um, uh, you know, take control over sort of your expenses knowing going into the next year that you're covered up to $13,600 on standard deductions. So that's a really, really big benefit to the average family here in our state. Um, and then, of course, when you get the corporate income tax down to 5.9%, it's all headed in the right direction. And I think this is a really, really good plan. Um, again, I think there will probably be some tweaks as we get it into legislative form, but uh, I think the legislators are excited about it. They should be. They put a lot of work into this, and I know the governor supports it for sure wholeheartedly. All right, got to get a break in. Let's do that. J.R. Davis, the governor's spokesperson, is in the studio for this hour. We're going to look at this a little bit more. There's a a large breakdown of this on the uh, Demgas today on page 2A. It's a good uh, place to go to kind of get a feel for what they're trying to do. And uh, we'll talk about some additional things that are in this report. Then we're going to we're going to talk about uh, a topic that's been being bantied around on Facebook and bantied around on my Facebook page specifically, and that has to do with how much do how much outside uh, work do you do with China as an entity here in the state of Arkansas? After all, they're our number one enemy. However, you got to you got to do business. They're of a thriving economy and a big economy. We're going to talk about all of that as well here on the Dave Ellswick Show on 101.1 FM, The Answer. All right, we've got about uh, 26 after the hour. Glad to have you along for the ride. I I think that J.R. Davis proved at the start of the show that if he wanted to come over and sit in sometime, he could. 
Is that what I did? Is that, was that my that's that was that was, your audition. Russia. Is that my audition? That was your audition. That's what it was. I now know that. Oh, I'm glad you. If I need you to fill in, let me go for, for me. about two minutes. I don't know how much longer I could have gone. <laughs> I need you to fill in. I can bring you over here and let you sit down and do the show. That All would right, be a lot good. of fun. We might get that worked out sometime. All right. Uh, the governor's still coming on the twelfth. Still coming on the twelfth. Yeah. Okay, looking forward to that because they should have a little bit more things in concrete yep. by then as well. Let's look at the sales and use taxes segment of this. Uh, it says designate any revenue raised from repealing a sales tax exemption toward offsetting tax cuts. Kind of explain to the listeners what they're saying there. Well, again, right now uh, this is still being tweaked and fine tuned, if right, you will. So but take the, you're talking about if the, if you look at the different plans that are out there, this one that's 274 million. Um, I think ours uh, DFNA's proposal, the governor backs, is I think around 191 million. This doesn't take into account, um, you know, some of the other factors they're looking at as well. But what this would do is obviously, if if you have any, uh, you know, eliminations of certain sales tax uh, exemptions, uh, then it's appropriate to go back towards uh, what we're trying to do as as a reform overall, and and so it just makes sense. Obviously, you don't want to overextend yourself as a state. We don't mm-hmm. have a, we don't want to have a Kansas situation. Right. I think uh, uh, if anything positive came out of that Kansas situation is that other states took notice, and I think especially our legislators and our governor who've looked at that and said we want to do this responsibly. So anything that we can do to to help facilitate this plan moving forward, that's what we want to do with that. So that's all it is. But the governor's made it very, very clear that we don't want uh, to raise taxes on any individual. And that's what the the point of this plan was. So even though uh, you know taxes went up from 3.4% to 4% between those that make 8000 and 18000 that's offset uh, by those standard deductions, uh, which will help them out a lot, and, and maybe in some cases, obviously, be- benefit them as well. So um, so anyway, that, that's that's sort of the whole idea behind that. Okay. I, I just I want to point something out to, to the listeners. I'm, one of my uh, items that I always talk about is when they start saying to you, it's just a penny. Right. You know, it gosh why why would you be against this we're talking about a penny okay talking about a penny on every dollar many of the times that they talk about this and they do they do they have here it says expand to all car washes the sales tax exemption for services provided expanding this exemption is projected by the finance department to reduce tax revenue by 1.8 million dollars a year and i just want you to think about that for a moment i mean they're not talking a big a a whole lot of people involved in this and they're not talking about uh, you know a whole lot of money being uh, changed up here but uh, it's going to equal 1.8 million dollars i bet i I could ask a thousand arkansans you know how much how much taxes do you think car washes generate? And I bet you no one would come up to millions of dollars. Yeah, this is millions of dollars. Millions here. of dollars. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'd, so I mean, that's and that sh- really kind of shows you the depth of what the legislature has looked at over the course of the last several months on this task force. I mean, they have looked at everything clearly, um, and so that's why I think you know as we go. Uh, as we move towards the legislative session, you'll see some things tweaked and maybe added, subtracted. But overall, I think, man, this is something that we've been 
wanting for a while and i think we're going to get it all right after the news we'll come back and talk more are you really interested in climbing the ladder of success i ask that because a great uh, business uh, that i have been involved in not in any way of making money for them or they're making money for me but uh people that i you know go out and i advertise for uh is pi roofing and now PI Roofing and Home Solutions, and they are once again beginning to grow uh, their uh, business. And if you're detail-oriented, you like to work with your hands, you like to be outside, uh, they'd like to talk to you about it. Uh, Get your uh, application together, get your resume, and uh, you can apply at piroofing.com. That's one word, piroofing.com, and then uh, 501-707-3551. Uh, is their number to call, and they're 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 growing. PI Roofing Home Solutions has career opportunities right now in the commercial roofing and service division, the residential roofing and service division, and their home solutions division. So make a difference in your life and in the company. Put your resume in, get to work. You know, be one of those people that get some of the bigger wages that are going out out there. Apply at piroofing.com or, again, call 501-707-3551. When you guys look at all these changes that they're looking at as far as taxes, um, what's the feeling of the governor? Is he hearing any kind of, uh, uh, you know, how much money perhaps we're talking about that uh, these uh, businesses may save because it's going to be simpler to do taxes things of that nature and how many jobs that might spin off as i i think that's something we'll just have to kind of wait and find out it's tough to identify exactly how much folks will save and that sort of thing as we implement this especially since it's still sort of a, a work in progress um but i obviously believe that all our cantons will benefit from this new plan whether it's individual uh, or uh companies so it's going to be good okay so I might get into the weeds just a little bit here, but I think it's a good thing to do this sometimes so that you know exactly what's going on. So let's get some definitions here so you'll understand what they're talking about when you hear the politicians start discussing this, when you hear the governor discussing it. Incrementally increase the carry-forward period on net operating losses to 20 years. What are they talking about here, Uh, JR? Can you make this... uh, in little bite-sized pieces so that we can understand what's being discussed? Well, to the best of my ability, but but basically there's um, uh, – it's a it's called a uh, – oh, my gosh, I'm going to mess this up again. But a single – is it in there? A single uh, – It says, uh, under current law, these losses may be carried forward up to five years for all businesses except for steel manufacturers, which would get 10 years. The finance department projects this would reduce revenue by $16.8 million in fiscal 2026. That tells you how far ahead they're looking on this. And gradually increase to $159 million by fiscal 2044. Yes. So, again, these are things they're still looking at and tweaking and seeing if it's worth going down this this route. But basically, I think what it comes down to is there's a – uh, you know, one of the things talked about is using a single sales factor uh, in the apportionment formula for taxing multi-state business uh, income. 
And then you couple that with uh, the repealing the throwback rule for multi-state business income. That rule is part of the uh, calculation used by Arkansas for the apportionment of income by multi-state businesses for income tax purposes. Um, DFNA projects uh, the repeal would reduce revenue about $24.5 million a year. The single sales factor um, would raise about $8.8 million, but both of them coupled together would, would be a net loss every year. So those are sort of the things we're looking at to say, obviously, that would that would really help economic development efforts in our state, um, especially when you can tout uh, to companies that they can come inside here or come into Arkansas, move their industry here and save money. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the same time, too, how much how much is that going to cost the state eight? you know, eight years from now sort of thing. But but that's sort of when you're talking about the net operating losses, that's not factored into it right now, uh, but it will in, in about eight years. But at that same point, though, I think laying the foundation for it right now gives future legislators um, or future legislature and the governor's office uh, room to work towards that goal in the next eight years to make up for that difference. Yeah, this looks out all the way to 26 years in the future. Yeah. That's a long time, a long quarter time. of a century. Yeah, you got to... He'll finish it up. I'll, I'll be probably taking a dirt nap about that time, but that's okay. <laughs> well, at least you'll know we're on the right path at that time. Yeah. <laughs> but they didn't deviate. Exactly. No, yeah, I think it's good. It shows, again, how far out they're looking at this and, and just seeing, uh, you know, that I think the biggest thing is you don't want to leave... I mean, obviously, you can't control everything, and future legislatures and uh, future governors... Uh, they're they're going to have to work through some things, but I think the goal is, and the governor's always said this: he doesn't want to leave things undone for the next governor. You know, he wants to be able to accomplish his goals uh, and sort of provide a platform uh, and a strong, solid foundation for future reforms uh, and and you know tax cut efforts, economic development efforts, those sort of things. Yeah, I see that they want to repeal the exemption on the sales of four wheelers and all terrain vehicles used as farm equipment and machinery. Something tells me people may have said that was farm equipment and machinery when they were using it while they were deer hunting. Uh, <laughs> replace it with a tax rebate. The aim is to limit the potential for abuse of the exemption. Yeah, and see, again, that just kind of speaks to the breadth of, of what they're looking at here, right? They're, they've looked at you know how we can uh, eliminate tax exemptions, uh, how we can help, you know, Certain industries in Arkansas, obviously agriculture being one of them, and I think the vast majority uh, of of folks who use ATVs as farm equipment is probably spot on accurate that they do. So anything that we can do to to really uh, help um, Arkansas's largest industry, we definitely want to do that. But also they're looking ahead to say, okay, how can we make sure that we're we're putting safeguards in place to prevent uh, fraud. Uh, in some of these cases. So, I mean, you go through that list, and I'd encourage anybody, if you haven't read the paper this morning, uh, take a look at this article. It really outlines everything that the task force, uh, you know, the recommendations that they've looked at, um, and kind of really lays out sort of what you're probably going to see in some form or fashion uh, in legislation uh, when January rolls around. So, uh, it's a good read. A lot of information, though, for sure. All right. Uh, index motor fuel and diesel fuel tax rates based on the inflation rate of construction costs. The maximum rate would be 3% over last year's rate. No fiscal impact available on that because they really can't look at some of it uh, because it's kind of, well, it could be this and it could be that. But we'll probably see the price of uh, of gas go up a little bit because of this 
Yeah, and I think again that sort of goes back to you know we got to have a um, highway plan moving forward. I mean, any way you slice it, some people will be for it, some people won't be for it. But at the end of the day, we all use our roads, and infrastructure is the key for economic development. I mean, you got to have that stuff in place, uh, whether it's you know farm to market for our for our agriculture producers. Uh, or uh, you know, businesses looking around Arkansas to say, "Hey, we want to uh, move our our business there. We want to expand in Arkansas, but we got to know that we can get our, our our goods to market, sort of thing." And whether that's uh, interstates, highways, uh, rail, I mean, whatever it is, you know, you got to have a strong infrastructure package. So I think that's what we're going to look at too as we move closer to January as well. Uh, there's a lot of big items on the table. We've talked about highways, of course. We've talked about tax cuts. We talk, uh, we've talked a lot about on this show, and I'm here, about the governor's transformation efforts, yep. which is going to be a, a huge lift. I mean, we're talking about touching really sort of every sector of, of state government and, and, and trying to figure out, you know, where does it make sense to have shared services, which boards and commissions are sort of, you know, have kind of outlived their, their, their worth at this point. Many of them. Many of them. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and so it, it's, you know, wh- where do we, you know, does it make sense to, to fold certain agencies into one so there's not so many different silos um, with maybe a secretary at the top that reports directly to the governor so it's easier to manage. I mean, these are, this is going to be a, uh, uh, you know, a, a significant legislative uh, session this year, a lot of things are gonna are gonna happen. Uh, regulations. This is another big thing we haven't really talked about, but because of a uh, uh, Representative Dotson's bill last year, um, where basically all of the state agencies needed to provide, uh, with, you know, with the governor's direction and backing as well, uh, all the agencies have to provide, you know, rules and regulations that they deem uh, sort of useless at this point, the ones they want to repeal, and some that need to be amended, or the ones they want to keep. But we're talking about hundreds and hundreds of rules and regulations that over the course, well, actually at the end of August, into the 1st of September, um, legislative committees are going to meet and, and discuss this and, and approve of some of these agencies' um, uh, you know, repeals and, and, and amendments and that sort of thing. And what you're going to see from that is is something we haven't probably given a whole lot of time, but we need to. I mean, it's going to be significant for folks. Uh, it's going to save people, you know, uh, in some cases, you know, 250 bucks. There's one example through ADEQ where if you're, um, uh, when you're talking about oil wells, that you have to have a permit through ADEQ, but you also have to have one through Arkansas Oil and Gas Commission. Yeah. When when you say we're going to eliminate that duplicative process, that saves 250 bucks a year. Yeah. So it's little things like that, and there's going to be so many of them um, that I think, you know, Arkansans, when we, when we come out of the 2019 session, if all goes as planned, uh, our state, we will never have been in a better position as far as uh, business climate, individual tax code, and, and hopefully by the end of it, we'll have some sort of uh, highway plan uh, that folks can look at and and you know vote on in the next election. Well, you know, Arkansas, in a report just released uh, back on Tuesday by the Cato Institute, uh, was the 31st freest state in the union. When I got here in 2003. Oh, I got here in 2000, but in 2003, when they basically started first doing this, Cato Institute had us at the 16th most free estate. So we've gone backwards, yeah. not forwards. Uh, but what you're talking about, those are the things that are going to propel us forward again and more yeah. into the 
the freedom category. And let me just point out, uh, you know, without getting too political here, uh, I, I, people have to remember that that Rome wasn't built in a day. Oh, I know. And and uh, and you know, we've been in here for three and a half years, whereas the previous party has been in there since Reconstruction for the most part, as far as eight, the legislature goes. Eight years, another party was in there, uh, and we dropped significantly. Yeah. During that time, we've moved up three slots since yeah. Governor Hutchinson has been yeah. in there. So and, and, and I we're think, going up. Yeah, and I think too going if, the right way. If you look back in 2015, really all the priorities the governor laid out then, uh, we've we've worked on those you know tirelessly for the last three and a half years. But what you're seeing in the 2019 session, and obviously it helps tremendously to have uh, a Republican president and, and a Republican Congress. Uh, they can really um, help facilitate some of these requests from states. But what we've been working on for the last three and a half years, you're really starting to see come to fruition in the 2019 session. And, and I think that, you know, it takes a lot of research. You don't want to be knee-jerk. Again, we talk about Kansas, but you don't want to have something like that happen without having all the facts in front. We don't want it to happen, period. But you certainly want to have all the facts and and possible scenarios before you go into something like we're going into right now with with tax cuts so the homework's uh been done uh we've collected the research we've sort of had some uh trials over the last three and a half years as far as um if you want to say maybe pilot projects on a smaller scale to see what happens and, and how we can do things and how much money we can actually save uh from transformation even the tax cuts the first time around but you look at transformation for example in 2000 2015 we folded rural services into AEDC so we could better serve rural communities uh, through economic development purposes. Uh, ASTA, which was science and technology, was into uh, AEDC. Uh, There were a a couple of others, but through that, we saved, uh, we projected $10 million over five years, and we're going to surpass that. So it's like those little things that you have to do first to really kind of gauge are we going in the right direction with this? Is this maybe too much work for the benefits? You know, is there a risk to it? And I think we're starting to see that, yeah, the things we put into place, the governor's put into place at his direction, uh, we're really seeing the positives of that. So let's, you know, let's take it up a notch. Let's put it on a wider scale. And I think that's what you're seeing now with not only tax cuts, but with transformation um, and, and really so on and so forth. So uh, it's exciting. Um, we've got a lot of things to look forward to before November and on into January, uh, and so it's 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 a lot to keep up with, but it's all good things, so it's good. All right, we're going to come come back. We got another uh, segment to do, unless you're listening at the five o'clock hour, and then when we finish up, you'll be going to Larry Elder. But the bottom line is, we want to come back and talk about uh, a deal dealing with uh, China. You know. How much business do you do with China? That's kind of what the question is. We'll talk about that in just a moment. Don't forget about Sunny's Auto Salvage, number one choice for recycled auto parts. All of the cars and trucks reach the end of their life for one of two reasons. Either they're worn out like a Dave Ellswick car, the wheels fall off because you've driven it so much, or you get in a wrecker and you, your car gets totaled, and but it's still way, well maintained and uh, that's what uh, RD does. He goes out and, and buys those cars. Then they disassemble those cars, make sure all the parts are working the way they're supposed to, and then they resell them. They recycle them to you. Uh, I mean, if you got like almost 300 miles, uh, 300,000 miles on a car, no good to go out and buy a brand new OEM part and get yourself something out there that's been used and uh, get yourself a three year 
uh, parts and labor and unlimited mileage warranty and uh, not worry about anything for three years on your car. If you got over 300,000 miles through more years, you'll be getting to the end of the use of that car. Call 982-7451 and talk to Sunny's Auto Salvage. Ask them if they got the recycled auto part you need. That's 982 982- 7451. All right, let's finish it up. And uh, we got J.R. Davis here. He's the governor's spokesman from his office. We try to keep you up to date on what the administration is doing up at the Capitol. And uh, he's done a good job coming in every Thursday to talk about it and answering uh, my questions. Uh, last question is an easy one because uh, we have a lot of this on Facebook. I get a lot of people sending me emails. Uh, people still do write letters, and I get letters in the mail, yeah. and they ask me to sit down and read them. And one of the things a lot of people are worried about is doing business with China. And, uh, I mean, we've got an adversarial kind of relationship with China sure. right now. Uh, how do you make sure that uh, you don't do too much with China and get yourself in, you know, kind of get yourself caught up in a, a, ba- a bad wall, a ball of wax? Well, first and foremost, I would, you know, obviously encourage folks to to look at the facts here. And and when you talk about doing business with China, obviously the governor's gone over there a lot, but he's also gone to France and Germany, uh, which are two big partners in aero uh, defense and Mm -hmm. steel. Uh, Obviously, the Farm Bureau, uh, Farm Bureau, Farm Borough Air Show, uh, which is a big air defense, uh, aero defense um, uh, uh, trip that he takes to really try to like. build what we already have here in Arkansas, and we've we already talked about that before, but let's put it in, in perspective here. Since 2015, uh, AEDC, and that's what they're talking about, obviously, is going through some of these agreements with different companies, 391 projects, 16,606 new jobs. Out of that, we're talking about five companies, uh, Chinese companies, and, and, and when you talk about Chinese companies, these are businesses that are looking to invest, make money. It's not, you know, the Chinese government. Uh, these are jobs coming over here, or these are uh, these are companies coming over here that will be filled with American workers, with Arkansas workers. So it's very important to kind of put that in perspective. And we're talking about somewhere around fifteen hundred jobs out of those sixteen thousand. Um, and then when you look at sort of, you know, where we are as a state. Uh, we have had a tremendous amount of success just bringing in companies nationally and also uh, expanding the ones here in Arkansas. I mean, from our pharma in Fayetteville, Aerojet Rocketdyne in Camden, uh, Caterpillar in North Little Rock, uh, Ricever, which is a Chinese company up in Jonesboro, Bank of the Ozarks, Simmons Prepared, Prepared Food in Benton County, Morph Manufacturing in Mountain Pine, uh, you mean the list goes on and on. SAF Holland in Dumas, uh, Teletech in Moralton, uh, you know, just on and on and on. You can go to our website, governor.arkansas.gov, and there's a link there where you can see all the jobs that have been created uh, through AEDC um, in the past three years. So put it in perspective, it's a very small amount, but we're certainly not going to shut our doors to international business. Uh, that's what Arkansas has done such a good job of over the years, but really in the last three years. So whether it's, you know, the European Union, uh, our two biggest customers that are Canada and Mexico, or doing business, you know, in China, uh, as far as bringing companies over here, if it creates jobs for our Kansans, the governor's absolutely committed uh, to bringing companies over here to make sure folks have a job and can provide for their families. So, All right. JR, thanks for coming in today. We'll get together again next Thursday. He does this every Thursday from uh, 2 to 3. 
and then we repeat that hour between uh, 5 and 6 so we give people a chance to hear what you have to say. We appreciate you. Well, I always appreciate you, and thanks for the audition today. I appreciate it. No, you're good. You're good. <laughs> we'll be using you in the near future. Sounds good. So Dave Ellswick Show, the female power panel, the right view, coming up ah, here on the Dave Ellswick yes. Show. All right, back with you. 3 o'clock hour, the Dave Ellswick Show. It's a Thursday. We've got uh, State Senator Trent Garner in here. We've got the right view, as we like to call them, of our female power panel. And joining us by phone, surprise, it's Ann Coulter. How are you doing, Ann? I haven't talked to you in about eight months. <laughs> Hello. Nice to talk to you. And thank you for taking me early. I, this was on my schedule to call now. Well, that's okay. I'll talk to Kevin McVicker, and I'll straighten him out. <laughs> I don't have to straighten you out. You can help straighten us out. I mean, the, the the question that begs to be asked right off the, the bat is what happened, you know, what has happened here with Manafort and Cohen. What's your thoughts on all of that? Um, it just proves everything I say about the independent counsel in my book, which is um, the only Soviet import this country has. Uh, it's just a star chamber looking for a crime with an unlimited checkbook by the government that we're paying for, by the way. Um, none of this has anything to do with Russian collusion. The commission may as well, uh, Rod Rosenstein might as well have written, um, yeah, we think this guy Trump is a sleaze. See if you can find something. Hire a bunch of prosecutors. They're just looking at everyone around Trump. Um, for any you know legal, civil, administrative violation, um, I'm, I'm not saying that, that 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 they haven't violated the law in Manafort's case. It's just very complicated tax issues. I do know that if he if he is guilty, as he has been found, um, of of failing to report taxes from from money earned abroad, um, the pioneer of of tax avoidance for money, <laughs> money earned abroad and parked in the Cayman Islands and then moved to Ireland and then back to the Cayman Islands is George Soros. And he has a lot more money and has a lot more to do with Russian collusion. So I hope Mueller's moving on to George Soros next. Um, but since he didn't work for the Trump campaign for even two months, I doubt that's going to happen. With Cohen... Oh, my gosh, a campaign finance violation? They are making him plead, plead guilty to a campaign yeah. finance violation? That shows how ridiculous this is and how it was always designed for the sole purpose of getting Trump. Um, you know, you keep hearing on, on, on MSNBC and CNN every night, the noose is tightening, the noose is tightening. And see, you start with a little fish, and then you move your way up to the big fish. They're going to flip. I think he's going to flip now. They, they all assume that there is something to flip on. If all they can get... That going to flip on is a make-believe campaign finance violation. The state senator um, probably knows this well, but most people don't um, about campaign finance violation in, in uh, violations of any sort. In order to be a campaign expenditure, the government has to prove that this is an expense that would a payment that would not have been made other than for the facts that the person was running for office. This becomes quite a problem, you know? Can you still pay your gardener? Um, because, wow, if your lawn is a mess, is anybody going to vote for you? In this particular case, why, why, why not the settlement over the Trump University lawsuit? Why isn't that a campaign expense that should have been reported? Um, I mean, Trump has been paying nuisance suits forever. They will have to prove, no, I didn't care if Ivanka found out 
or my wife or, or my young son, Baron, or my grandchildren. It has nothing to do with that. It's only because I'm running for president. It's an absurd charge, um, even if, if, if the absurdity of this charge could be proved to, true. Um, oh, my gosh, Trump would have to pay a fine. Yeah. You know, Alan Dershowitz made two points yesterday that I thought were really good, Anne, and here I am, I'm talking about Alan Dershowitz like he's a hardcore conservative, which he isn't, but the bottom line, he loves the law, I'll give him that. Here's the key, and that is he said, you know, the the Mueller team gets somebody and they start squeezing them to try to make them sing. He says the problem is is when they start composing things, and uh, he says he thinks that Cohen is into the active mode of composing things, and he said... And then uh, Mueller is taking something that is a misdemeanor and trying to make it high crimes and misdemeanors. Yes, but luckily you're talking to Ann Coulter, who knows the law um, (laughs) very well and actually gave you two more important points. All right, go. I just did. Yeah, I know. But uh, I'm just saying, you you look at this and there cannot be... I thought it was blatantly obvious that when someone is striking a deal with the prosecutor for anyone who's ever seen a police show or a courtroom show, that that any testimony, any claims that are made in exchange are going to be viewed suspiciously by the jury. It doesn't really matter in this case. The government can't prove that this is an expense that was undertaken only because Trump was running for office. He pays nuisance payments all the time. 130000 is chump change for a billionaire. Well, everybody mm-hmm. on MSNBC and CNN, they're all having orgasmic experiences because of this. Right. I hope they enjoy it while they can make continue <laughs> to make it up. That's all I know. And hold well, they on. do all the time for every little thing. Um, as I say in my book, you'd think it would be hard to write a book about current events. Um, but in fact, it's very easy because it's the same thing. Um, every night, certain number of stories recycled, and we're always hearing, this is it, the noose is tightening, we've got them now, can we impeach them, can we impeach them? Um, they've just, they've, they've, they've lost their minds, and, you know, there's plenty you could go after Trump for if you were inclined to, like, you know, for example, not keeping any of the promises he ran on, but they can't do it. Uh, they may end up saving, <laughs> saving Trump from the blue wave um, because they're so out of their minds. Well, they are out of their minds. And did you see USA Today, the new book that's coming out about uh, Mike Pence and how they're, you know, they're they're talking about how he's uh, that Pence is crazy, that he's a he's a religious zealot. Did you no, see all that? Not. Yeah, they they're they they're attacking him now because, of course, they're, the 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 look of the left is they're going to impeach Trump, and now we got to figure out. How to uh, you know decimate Pence before he would even take over as commander in chief? It's unbelievable, and I mean it really is. It this doesn't stop. And you know what's really sad to me is that there are people seriously that are willing to destroy the republic over their their political party. Well, there are a lot of rewards for being willing to destroy the republic. Um, look at all these Republicans you've never heard of um, suddenly all over TV, whose books I'm quite sure will sell better than mine. They're getting a lot more TV time than I am. <laughs> and all they have to do is go on TV and uh, uh, accuse Trump of treason, of, you know, who knows, torturing small animals and nailing them to church doors. That's all you have to do for really a pretty good, comfortable career in this country. Yeah, and that's sadly, that is the truth. 
the more outrageous you'll say something, the more time typically you'll get on television. Mm-hmm. Yes, compared to zero, it's not. It's yeah, not that hard. You mean you mean uh, Sean? You know, Sean's not going to have you on. Of course, he should have you on. Oh gosh, no. Oh really? You guys have had a falling out? Um. Well, only because he blocks me from being on TV. I guess you could call that a fall, falling out. Wow. wow. Why now? Wait a second. Why would Sean block you from being on TV? I love. I'd have you on every day if you wanted to be on my show. But well, I know. wish you had a TV show then. Okay. I wish. I, well, I'm on Facebook Live. You're on Facebook Live right now. But go 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 ahead. <laughs> I know that's small potatoes, Ann. Okay, I understand that. But what's going on that uh, that the you know the I'm really the right here side? To talk about the book. Okay. I'm sorry. I don't. I don't mean to pry, but you no, know, I don't but, think you're going to get a TV show now. <laughs> okay, are you saying they're going to go after me and keep me off now? Well, anyway, no. I uh, no, I'm saying I called in to talk about my book. Okay, well, let's talk a little bit more about that that book. What to, what I said that the left yesterday would be out saying that the illegal immigrant community didn't have anything to worry about Molly Tibbetts. That uh, that uh, what would happen is that the left would take care of the illegal immigrants by taking the focus off of the victims and putting it upon illegal immigrants, and that they were really the victims. They start. They did it yesterday with Elizabeth Warren. Um, yes. No. I think we could get the resistance to come out for pedophilia by telling them that Trump is against it. Um, I can't understand why why anyone, certainly a political party that wants the vote of Americans, would be in favor of not only illegal aliens, um, even legal aliens coming and driving down wages for low-wage workers, just dumping the country. Oh, well, we're, we're going to get the votes. We hear more about foreigners than Americans, but that is the official position of the Democratic Party. Their official position goes well beyond that. They want to defend illegal aliens who are criminals. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but that's that's what they've been driven to by Trump. He wants a wall. They want no borders. He wants to arrest criminal aliens. They want no ICE. Uh, I, I mean, we really could turn this into a game of Simon Says and get them to defend anything. Maybe Hitler. Yeah, I don't. I don't disagree with that at all either. I've got uh, Shelley here from our Power Panel. She had a question for you quickly. Hey, Ann, it's Shelly Govar here, and it's an honor to talk to you, I just have to say. Um, Thank you. I, I just want to get your thoughts um, on, uh, and I listened to you on the way here on, a, is it Dennis Prager show this morning? It was a really good interview. But um, well, thank you know, you. nobody's talking about the fact that Robert Mueller has come out and said a while back, okay, that he not only can't indict a sitting president, but he won't. And yet they're still going off with this, you know, off and running to the races with this rush, so-called Russia investigation. And so far, the only thing that has come about it that has anything to do with Russia, which I think just a farce was for show, it's the 12 Russians indicted, for which you don't hear anybody. I have not yet heard a name. I have no idea what they're charged with, if they even exist for that matter. But that part angers me because it's obvious that the special prosecutor is just trying to dig and, and, and undermine Trump and undermine this country and what we voted for and what we stand for in order to basically overthrow our government via special counsel so that the House, when they if they were to win, 
in November will impeach him. What are your thoughts on that? Um, yes, it doesn't matter if he really produces anything as long as there's some smoke. Um, I don't even think they need the smoke. If the Democrats take the House of Representatives by one vote, they're going to impeach Trump. Um, it keeps the, the crazies ginned up. Um, I know there is a Department of Justice policy saying uh, you can't indict the president. Um, I, I personally don't think that's true. Um, it's probably a good thing they have that policy because... Um, Excuse me, um, because I'm, the history of independent counsels, as I describe in my book, is entirely to batter Republican presidents. Um, there's only been one independent counsel in history who's caught uh, an actual president committing felonies in office. And, oh, guess what? He comes from your state, um, mm-hmm. Ken Starr right. and uh, catching Bill Clinton. Um, and, of course, you know, the media wasn't very happy about that. That's not the purpose of an independent counsel. The purpose of an independent counsel is to indict George, or rather Casper Weinberger, days before uh, George Bush's reelection bid so that, again, um, the president from your state, Bill Clinton, could win an indictment that was later dismissed. It is just to dirty up Republicans. So I suppose, um, as a practical matter, it's just as well that the um, Department of Justice has this policy of not indicting presidents because they'd be indicting Republicans right and left for no reason whatsoever. Democrats have um, um, certainly the Washington, the Swamp Democrats, and half the Republicans have no respect for the rule of law, no, none whatsoever. You're not the only person who hasn't read the indictment of the Russians. Neither right. has anyone <laughs> in the media. Exactly. Does it even exist? Yeah. My book, and it's utterly comical. Um, they're basically accusing the Russians, 13 Russians, of having more influence over the American electorate than the entire American media and billions of dollars in campaign spending. And yet, for some <laughs> reason, the media don't want to talk you about You never them. hear an alternative point of view, or, or everything will fall apart, everything we've built so carefully. Yeah, <laughs> and it's all supposed to be about Russia, 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 and they don't want to talk about the Russians. That they supposedly indicted? You know, of course. No, they do talk about it, but they don't talk about it. Which right. Is well, yeah. <laughs> right. Just, oh, the indictment and the dark Facebook right. ads. And it was a conspiracy and it's so sneaky and malevolent and right. conspiracies are malevolent. <laughs> and then you read the indictment and realize that Robert Mueller's office knows less about social media than those senators questioning Mark Zuckerberg. Oh, my God. what oh, people boy. do on the internet. No, yeah. that's a great chapter, the one on the indictment. It's quite funny what oh, his I allegations read that, are once you look at them. That's awesome. Now, the, the name of the book by the by the way for everybody is resistance is futile now the trump hating left lost its collective mind and they lost hey, it Dave, it's yeah. 20 past i have to run you got to take off okay yes. we'll let you take off i appreciate you joining us and we'll do it again it was in the great future to join you guys thank, thank you and you. i'm sorry for calling in early that's okay you. we got you appreciate Dan. yeah you can call back <laughs> and i won't ask you about sean so anyway <laughs> She got a little irritated by that. Nasty about that. Yeah, they must have had a fall. They must have had a fallen out. That's pretty interesting. I'm glad I didn't ask her about not being on the media for a while because I was. That was going to be one of my questions if I got to. Says a secondary one was, "Have you been blackballed by the media? Because like I've not seen you." So evidently, she has been. Yeah. Well, and, and she's been harsh at times on Trump. 
Well, she came out as an early supporter, I think, of President Trump. I mean, there's an yes. infamous clip of her on Bill Maher um, saying Trump would be the next president and almost getting laughed off. Uh, oh, see, yeah. I've never heard her be in the beginning or even in the middle or even towards the end be um, supportive of, of Trump. I've never gotten that from her from what I've seen. Yeah, she was. At, uh, I think I think that during uh, the, the election. She backed, what, Ted Cruz or somebody? For, I don't, well, during the, I'm talking during the primary. Yeah, you're talking primary stuff, yeah, time. Not the general election, of course, but. But uh, to her credit, I think that the uh, lack of building the wall, which is a very passionate issue for her, is something yes. that builds more and more. And I, you know, I tend to agree with her, even though President Trump is limited by a Congress that That's right. won't act That's on certain right. things. That's so. what I always try to remind everybody. Yes. Laws are made by Congress, mm-hmm. not by the president. The president tries to lead Congress into to following uh, what he wants them to do, but he can't just wave his hand and 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 gin up a couple of billion dollars to build a wall and, and if like, so we'd have a wall by now yeah, for sure yeah they'd be building it <laughs> and like ann said uh, every time we try to do that at the na- federal level with holding it up a budget or trying to get mm-hmm. in there uh, democrats always make it an issue we're trying to shut down government and it always turns and the media seems to pick up that uh, steam pretty easily so well, you kind of lose that media battle even though you're trying to do what the people elected president trump to do which is one of his key campaign issues Interestingly enough, when the left does that, guess who's getting guilty of doing what they accuse us of doing? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I mean, they're the ones who are obstructing. Yes, ma'am. Every Absolutely. at every turn, always, always. Real, real quickly, you know, Senator, does it bother you on a and I, and, and of course you're a state level, uh, you know, senator. You're not up there with with Bozeman and Cotton, but when you hear senators like uh, Senator Elizabeth Warren saying well here let, let me play it do we have that segment uh, pulled apart this by elizabeth so warren today oh my gosh. okay let's let's play that listen to this okay we'll, we'll take a look and see if we can find that piece for you it was uh, uh, uh off of a story that i came across about elizabeth warren and what she had to say uh about uh you know, she thought it was so terrible for the family of Molly, and, and the, you, you got it? ...is still sending shockwaves throughout the country. In the wake of this tragedy, liberal Senator Elizabeth Warren raised some eyebrows with this reaction to Molly's murder. Now this is hard, not only for the family, but for the people in her community, the people throughout Iowa. Uh, but... One of the things we have to remember is we need an immigration system that is effective, that focuses on where real problems are. Separating a mama from a baby does not make this country safer. Okay, joining us with his reaction right there. Separating a mama from a baby. Well, you know what? This illegal separated a daughter from her mama forever, permanently, from her for. Ever how yeah. dare she? This just infuriates me. <laughs> it sort of flew all over me. If, we, if, if, I, if I gave you, if I gave you blonde hair, you would remind me of Ann Coulter. <laughs> <laughs> you know, my dad said that years ago, back in the nineties, when she came on the scene. He was like, "That's my, that's she's going to be a little Ann Coulter one day." And here I am leaving the house, and I'm like, I'm "And you too can get blackballed." <laughs> all right, we're gonna, we're going to take a break. We're going to come right. back. We're going to spend some time now with the state senator. We're going to keep him until the top of the hour. All happening right here with the Female Power Panel on the Dave Ellswick Show. Coming up here in just a few seconds, then we're going to come back. I want to find out how uh, the state senator is doing on drawing up lines of 
you know, trying people that have been impeached. Yes, sir. Ooh. Well, uh, I've been working on this for a few months. Uh, Judge Griffin here in Little Rock, uh, over a year now ago, uh, had an incident outside the governor's mansion, which I thought was an extremely biased action. He should be held accountable. And uh, when I would start to look into it, the possible impeachment, um, obviously the articles of impeachment had to come from the House, so the Senate would try it. And I found out we really don't have any kind of specific rules that do it. We've never done it um, in the past. And so I got our staff to start drawing up rules, bringing it from other states. Um, we took it from uh, Illinois. actually had a very good one that they came up with after uh, the governor up there. Multiple governors got in trouble, and they had to impeach him. And uh, I've been trying to get a judiciary hearing for the last few months. Uh, it's been hard to get a quorum and on some other issues. But as soon as I have that, we're going to have a big panel to do it on. All right. You hold your thoughts right there. We'll yes, come sir. back and let you expand on them here on the Dave Ellswick Show. First, let's get to the news, find out what's going on around the world. Let me remind you about Applied Research. They have a bunch of clinical research studies going on. They'd like you to become involved with them. These are drugs that are just about ready to go on the market. They'd like to get you involved in the final tests of whether they're going to go on the market or they're not. And all you have to do is call 501 954 7822. That's 501 954 7822, or uh, visit them at com, where you'll be able to look at each one of the studies. You'll pull a drop-down tab. Uh, it'll show you, you know, what kind of specific uh, things you have to do to be able to be considered for the study and then put in that you'd like to do it. Uh, again, that's arcarkansas.com or call them at 501-954-7822. And again, that's Applied Research. Our guest in the studio with us is State Senator uh, Trent Garner. And one of the things I wanted him to bring us up to date on today is something that we had talked about the last time he was here. He said he would be working on it, and that is uh, the if there were an impeachment here in the state, the, just like in, in the federal level, the House would bring the charges and then the trial would be done uh, in the state uh, Senate. But the uh, state senator says when he looked into this, he said that the House was ahead of the Senate. The Senate hadn't come up with any rules for any kind of a trial uh, for them and that you were going to be working on that. So what have you found out that you didn't know before and uh, – how difficult is it going to be to draw this stuff up? Well, um, I got our staff to start working on it, and so I think we have a good outline. What I want to do first is have a public hearing where we hear the kind of where the process stands now, where we need to move to, take some best models like Illinois and others, and kind of adopt the rules. This will be a Senate rules. This actually won't be a law that we have to change, so we could adopt it as a Senate tomorrow if we wanted to. Okay. In November, we're going to have an organizational meeting after election. We always do, and that's when we'll draw seniority and things like that and adopt our rules. I'd love to have a version of it there but the main thing i found out is is uh we already have a process in place that we used before for seating senators who had some uh some issues but when they got elected they had due process they had affidavits they had all of the different things that you want in a normal trial hearing we'd probably take a lot of that and adopt it to an impeachment as well as having you know due process how they be how's the uh the potential impeachable person going to be questioned things like that so it'll be very similar to a courtroom proceeding uh if we depending on who the person is, the chief justice will be either the the, uh, the judge of it, or if there's a conflict of interest, uh, there'll be somebody else. So, uh, hopefully, we'll move forward with that. Uh, I am happy to see that the judicial commission here in the state of Arkansas has kicked back two different 
charges or two kick two two different appeals by Judge Griffin. Mm-hmm. He'll go to the full panel in November or this uh, fall, and I believe he will be found guilty. And I believe he's going to be thrown off the bench. That's my recommendation. Okay, now if if that. They can throw him off the bench. You guys wouldn't even have to worry about impeachment. Then. Yes, they've they've done it before. They gave him a slap on the wrist, I believe, in '05 for saying negative things about President Bush. Um, but with this current action, they said it's an inherent bias to it. They brought in a special prosecutor from out of state, and uh, that she has said that this is something that absolutely has to be addressed, and that he does not need to be on the bench because it, uh, he doesn't need he's showing bias while he's on the bench, and it needs to be addressed. So I, my my recommendation is they throw him off the bench. He doesn't deserve to be there. Uh, no person who goes to the state of Arkansas, I believe, can get a fair trial while under his bench. Okay. Is there, uh, to move away from Judge Griffin, mm-hmm. let me just ask this. Uh, would you all like to expand perhaps your overview? And, for instance, uh, Leslie right now, the AG, there's a story in the paper today. It says, uh, more state lawmakers targeted in corruption probe, AG says. Would you, would the, would the, Senate want to get involved in some of this? Are we, do we need laws that would give you guys some way of of having some teeth in this stuff so uh, you can take care of this kind of stuff and move these people out of your group or whatever? Well, we have already started working on a new ethics rules that's going to put together an ethics panel. And what it will do is if a senator hears about somebody doing illegal or corrupt action we're allowed to actually bring up that charge to this panel and it'll be actually almost like a trial for each senator and as right now i mean tomorrow if i did something wrong the senate can expunge me from the senate Mm -hmm. we are allowed to seat whoever we want to as a Mm -hmm. senate we can kick somebody out we don't even have to go through impeachment obviously that's a very drastic step Mm -hmm. and it doesn't happen often but it has happened in the past so if that happens Mm -hmm. and you guys expunge someone do they continue to get their retirement at that point, or do they lose that? I don't think so. I think that it, even if the retirement's vested, um, there's probably some corruptions clause within that retirement thing that they could be taken out of. I don't know for sure, but my gut is they would not be able to collect that. Okay. Um, so if we, if we need to add more teeth to it, we're in the process right now. This panel is meeting. They're going to have experts come in. They already have a draft of the rules I think are pretty good. And after they go through that process, we'll have a final one. We'll probably vote on November. So we're going to have to tighten it up. Now, as a change in the law, I do think we need to add more teeth to some of these things. Um, you know, Especially when you're dealing with public money and using it in a corrupt fashion, it's we have basically in the Senate. My main job is to pass laws and to do the budget, Contr- to take people's money and use it in a responsible, fiscally Correct. conservative way. And when I take that for personal gains, if I take that for a corrupt fashion, it violates that trust that the people put in me, and it's mm-hmm. it's one of the worst things I think we can do mm-hmm. as an elected official. Absolutely. So I'd love to have. Uh, stronger laws what if you get caught for doing that i'm all for due process i don't think you should be thrown out of the senate just because somebody makes a you know an accusation but once we've gone down there and you've been found guilty or convi- or pled guilty you should have stronger teeth to that person serves in jail time because it's it's you know like i said uh, if, if i'll go get appropriate thirty thousand dollars to one of my friends and you know do it corrupt you know i might get a year in prison if i go rob a liquor store for a thousand dollars i'll be in there for 20 years mm-hmm. and you know I, I think that we need to up the punishment for that and i think less people yep. would do it big time big time All right so uh, you got that going on what do you think of the uh, tax tax task force <laughs> and the report it's that hard they, to say yeah the report that they came out. trtf tax reform task force okay. trtf so uh, what how do, how do you you view that i had jr davis on today mm-hmm. uh he, he said the governor likes what he's seeing coming out of that uh, task uh, force 
How about you? Well, I saw the report. I wasn't on the task force, but I went to many of the meetings. Um, I think that it's a great, great first step, especially lowering the, the upper uh, income tax down. There's two different plans on how we'll do that. Uh, mm-hmm. One's more of a phase-in kind of a way, and I think it's a responsible way to do it, to make sure that if there's a dip in the budget, if there's a recession, even though I don't think it's going to happen because President Trump's policies has caused us to have a booming economy. Yep. Uh, but if it does happen, that we, we won't be found like Kansas where we have a, a negative revenue, we have to raise taxes. Uh, there is one part I do not like and has to do with capital gains exemptions i saw that there's a there's a it's it doesn't affect many arkansans but the people it does affect are the job creators they're the people who invest in their local communities they're the people who care and use their resources to positively affect the communities and i think taking that exemption away from them is going to cause negative consequences for our state Um, these are the people who like i said who write the big checks to help out the local theater when they need money who pays for the kids to have uh, additional funds and needed things so uh, something i'll be strongly against and if it's if it's including the final package i'll vote against it i will not support that part of it but the rest of it i think is some good first steps i think just obviously be more of the process once the bills are actually drafted but i think it's a good first step to help state artists yeah do you oh go ahead go ahead sorry that's all right do you have any information on what's happening on the corporate tax side of things um what i read is some nebulous stuff that says we're kind of looking at this and that but i don't see anything fairly concrete yeah i know they had that as part of the uh, plan. Um, I, I scanned over it myself and didn't quite um, come to understand exactly how much. I know it's going to lower it. I know it's going to change the rate, uh, but we'll see what the final bill is to see how that affect. But any positive step we can do that is going to be great because, as you well know, um, corporations look at their, they can go anywhere, and when they look at where they're going to put new jobs at, that's one of the first things they look at. That and your income rate. Well, and I saw where Nicole Keating with mm-hmm. the Tax Foundation says that if we implement these changes, and I think she's talking about mostly the corporate tax changes, that we would uh, move on that uh, state index of tax freedom mm-hmm. uh to a better position oh, yes, but ma'am. it's mostly based on the corporate tax changes and i can't find really a lot of details there i, I can read this to you, all right it says reduce the corporate rate from six percent to 5.9 percent on incomes between twenty five thousand and one dollar and one hundred thousand dollars a year use a tax trigger to reduce the top rate that sounds like jeremy talking now from acre Mm -hmm. a tax trigger well tax trigger is the way to go for corporate Mm -hmm. yeah so use a tax trigger to reduce the top rate from six and a half to 5.9 percent on incomes exceeding a hundred thousand dollars a year the finance department projects that cut would be 6.5 million dollars a year the total phased in reduction would be 38.7 million dollars a year We were talking about this at lunch, and Senator Garner, you may correct me, probably. I think the number I was told at lunch is the state portion of our state budget, not the federal money that we get, but our state is about $7 billion. Is that correct? It's more like 5.6, depending on how you look at it. But it's $7 billion, depending on what numbers you can do. And once you add federal, it expands greatly. Well, but if it's $5 million, and that's the state money, and we're all in an uproar about losing $200 million, I mean, let's look at scale here. We're talking about a very tiny portion of the five and certainly of the overall budget. And it's always interesting when you read newspaper articles, they're not doing anything wrong, but they always talk about the government's going to lose revenue. 
Yeah. Well, that's great. You know what that's a huge re- amount of money. You know what that revenue is? It's people being able to keep their own money. Thank it's you. their money that we take from them. Thank you. Yes, I knew ma'am. you would say that. Thank you. That's how I look at Thank it. Thank you. So it's people being able to keep their own money. It's not the government's money to give yeah, back they, to they me. Tend it's to mine forget. in the first place, and you don't get it unless right? you're yes, supposed ma'am. to have it. And Just amazingly, when people have extra money, what they do is they spend it. They help the economy. That's they go right. out and buy stuff. They invest. They, they, they do an addition on their home. They spend that money in a positive <laughs> manner, and that helps the economy, which keeps your revenues actually go up up the last few years we've been cutting taxes we cut uh t- before i got in here we cut a middle income tax that was pretty dramatic this last session we did a lower income tax dra- dramatic cut and our revenues are booming right now yes. because people are spending money because and they got they're a job. feeling wealthy that reagan that reagan economics pockets. actually works pretty I good. Do it does a, work i do Thank have a question much. about yes, that the ta- the taxes you're talking about the last few years were these revenue neutral meaning these taxes were lowered in one place mm-hmm. but then they were upped somewhere else so basically that's not cutting taxes in you know is that what happened or are we talking about straight across the board we we, we cut about 100 million dollars out of the, the budget um through a tax cut before i got in session i think that was in 15 last yes. year we did about 50 million that's directly 50 million dollars less being taken out of pick up people's pocket we did some tax revenue things i know me and dave had this discussion before i'm a veteran so i care mm-hmm. deeply about the veteran yeah, income we, tax. we, we disagreed no. yeah. on that yeah mm-hmm. and, 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 I, and i understand his point of view i mean we did raise it in a few other areas my thing was i've heard about cutting the income tax for our veterans for years and it's an issue they care about and it never got done and so we had a solution that wasn't ideal was or it wasn't perfect let me say and i we i was strongly support it because it was ultimately we got it done and i've had veterans who i served with overseas who are from arkansas who said i'm just retired and i'm about to move back because now i can do that i was going to move to texas and just drive back and forth so i think it'll be a net positive in a few years even though we did have to raise in some other areas yeah I don't that's the part like i don't like yes, you know ma'am. i mean arkansas it's no secret uh, well out there you listening maybe it is if you don't know but we are one of the highest highest tax states in the nation and some of these counties i tell you i came from fulton county for the last 11 years and the tax up there is nine and a half percent we got you and then there's Conway. a tourism mm-hmm. tax You're on 10, top right? which is 11 percent. we ran a resort up there for 11 years that's insane and that's one of the poorest counties in the state mm-hmm. anyway i'll get off my sales no tax, that's, tax. that's a, it's it's a, I, tax is just a good thing to be talking yeah. about yeah okay okay that's well yeah right. we are talking about that on a radio show where we talk politics that's right? exactly <laughs> right absolutely all right we got to get a break in let's get our final break for this uh, hour and we'll come back we got a few more minutes to a, a few more minutes left with state senator and uh, today's been kind of crazy because Ann Coulter called in early and it threw everything <laughs> off. But that's experience. all right. And then she got out. She's, it's been 20 minutes and I'm, I'm out of here. All <laughs> right. So anyway, it's the Dave Ellswick Show. We're back with more in a moment. All right. Back with you. We're down to just a few moments uh, to go here uh, on this segment of the Dave Ellswick Show. One last thing I want to bring out of I brought this up with uh, JR as well. And uh, it's kind of buried in this article. Index motor fuel and diesel fuel tax rates. Based on the inflation rate of construction costs, the maximum rate would be 3% over last year's rate. No fiscal impact is available at this time. <laughs> so, you know, I'm just thinking you take, what's our what's our gas tax right now? I, w- I, w- I want to say it's around 40 cents, but don't hold me to that. Okay, <laughs> so they're saying raise it by 3%. I may be wrong about that. But okay. Are you serious? So you're, you know, you're talking a few cents, all right? But as Not I always bad. say, 
if you look in this and and they're just talking about changing a few things for car washes in the state and that will reduce tax revenue by 1.8 million dollars a year how much a penny raises a lot of revenue that's something that everybody because you're paying a penny on every a penny dollar on every dollar thank you you know not just but a those penny. pennies add up y'all that's what i'm saying they you, always you, say when, just a penny when no, you it's count a penny on every when dollar you count to a hundred what number do you start with one thank one. you i, I rest my case <laughs> i can't that's that's uh ironclad lock there dave <laughs> yeah. i mean you start with one right and then they get it up to two and they start talking and more pennies well grandma always said pennies add up to dollars right well, grandma said that right pennies have added up to about 5.5 billion dollars for the state right now yes sir so this is my thing uh this has been growing in momentum the last few years our highways do need help um, we have a large highway system in the state of arkansas and we do need to fund it uh, the problem i have with it is is i think five years ago or longer uh the voters were asked to increase a tax on uh, a temporary tax on uh, gas to go to direct our roads it raised an extremely large amount of revenue i can't remember the exact number off the top of my head but between that and another bond they voted on i want to say it was over a billion dollars going straight to our tideways every dollar that's already been spent mm-hmm. or, or earmarked mm-hmm. so now here we go again going back to taxpayers say hey we need more money and whether it's through indexing whether it's through a direct uh, increase like, like five cents on our gas tax my problem is is that cars are getting more efficient or getting highways are getting older and it's getting more expensive we cannot continue down this old antiquated way to fund our highway system we have to find a new way to do it and whatever that solution may be i think there's other ways we can go to make sure that if we're going to have people do it if we're going to have people use our roads we need good roads let's find a way that's fair equitable and isn't raising taxes on every single person across state of arkansas tell roads I mean, in Arkansas, you're aware of this. We have a lot of two-lane. I have no problem with toll full roads, roads oh, you know that I aren't do. being, you know, really used a lot. Right? <laughs> yes, That's one issue. I think I, I realize once it's paved and it's there, you think you got to keep it forever. But you know, hey, folks, you really don't need that much road in some places. But I mean, I'm used to be, I'm used to toll roads. Well, as I was telling uh, Colorado Dave, and yes, Kansas and what Oklahoma. Yeah, Oklahoma's yeah, that's how you get there. And, 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 and it's direct pay. I mean, come on, it's direct pay. You pay to use it or you don't go on the toll road. I mean, it's but pretty But in easy. addition to all your other taxes that are going to it as well. But so it's voluntary. You can choose to take that toll road or you can go the long way around. It's Not your choice. Not in some instances, though. Well, in South Arkansas, we've kind of looked at that, and I don't think it would be economically viable down there just because of the amount of traffic and people we have. And we have some fairly rural areas that you would only have possibly one way to go. But I think in so many uh, bigger populated areas, definitely something we should look at. Would it be viable in Little Rock or around the surrounding area? Would it be viable in northwest Arkansas where they're growing? Um, And I'm not just saying that because I live in South Arkansas. If it was viable down there, it's definitely something we should look at. So if, if, if there was a plan that showed that it was a good investment and that people would be fine with it and would enjoy the convenience of using that road and enjoy the ability to do it i could very much be open to that once again though any kind of tow road would probably have to go through our uh art dot our transportation uh, commission which is a def- different constitutionally created agency that i have very little actual direct control over what about other states and what are they doing uh, what other state would be like us that has huge amounts of roads to pay for with very little money i think i'm not sure surrounding states around us would probably be a close example except for like texas because obviously it's a geographic so what do they do to fund their highway they do gas tax they do toll roads they do a combination of other Mm -hmm. things Uh, they one thing we have in arkansas i think is unique and i don't know if it's a good thing or bad thing is we have the state actually take over 
a large amount of roads that traditionally probably would be given to either county or some municipality. Was, yeah, that was part of what I was speaking yeah, to yes. earlier. So if you gave, you know, if we gave five percent of our roads back to the counties, then you know, obviously that would greatly reduce it. The problem is now the counties get they would be upset about that. They get. I 50- know in Faulkner County we just end up with higher taxes again because we're already right on the edge. Yes, ma'am. Some money. of the gas tax goes back to the counties right now and turn back funds, and they're mm-hmm. always needing more. Of course, like anybody else. Um, so if we put that additional burden on them, um, maybe we need to shut down some roads. I mean, the roads that aren't you know used as much or things like that uh, but at, then if you live on that street and that's your way to get back and forth to work you'd be highly upset so there's not a great silver bullet to kill you know to you get can be thing, highly upset or you can open your pocketbook i yes, mean ma'am. you know we're at that point all right I, one minute well i just want to talk about that death trap which is 67 167 i'm 44 and i can remember back when i was six <laughs> We've been working on this sucker for a long I mean, am I going to get died at 100 years old and 67167 still going to be in a mat? Like, what is up with 67167? Yes, ma'am. It's, uh, it's interesting. It's it is a, a major problem. thoroughhfare to that part of the state, for I sure. I mean, is it not supposed to get fixed or finished? <laughs> I don't understand. Yes, ma'am. That's a, that's a good question. Well, Dave, thank you for having me on today. It's great to be here. I yep. feel like, uh, you know, coming in second place after Ann, was, I did the best uh, I could. Oh, you did great. I, <laughs> you were supposed to have the whole hour. It's her now. Somebody couldn't tell time. That's all <laughs> right. I come back. Right. She came in swinging. Yeah. I, she did great. So yeah. it's great to be on here today. But you'll right. come back. Appreciate you, That's Trent. Right. Thank you very much, uh, State Senator Trent Garner, Dave Ellswick Show. Nice Got a whole you. hour and Hannah be in here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, so we're back with you here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Imagine that. Four o'clock to five o'clock. Five o'clock, we'll uh, replay that J.R. Uh, Davis interview from the governor's office. Uh, if you didn't hear it, you should listen to it. A lot of stuff about taxes on that that they talked about we also got into talking about china because i've had a lot of people ask me about you know the governor in china and all that so uh i thought he gave us some pretty good information about that as well hannah is here all right now the whole view is not hannah wise and not (laughs) hannah somebody else it's hannah webb I'm here she's here i'm happy to be here yeah that's good it's good to have you here here. you had a day off from school today right Oh no! Oh no! You go to school on Thursday too. Oh yes. Oh okay. We She's fought. We fought some tra- I mean, we ran out the door, jumped in the car, and drove straight here. All right. So that's the terms. Well, I'm who's here on. we? Well, uh, me. Okay. <laughs> you. That was you a misrepresentation. Pro- do, you to, do you have to? Do you have to take a pill every day so you know which person? Is I, no, I do okay, not have to. <laughs> I am. I am just speaking in a different. I don't know. She, is that third person? Is that girl? I was like, I don't know. I don't know. Okay, so you and your friend. So during the break, during the break, we were talking about we had some technical problems on Facebook Live today when Ann was on. Yeah, and you know, we're wondering, you know, Zuckerberg and all the things that they're trying to do with their algorithm, and with Ann bringing up that she's Mm -hmm. been blackballed Mm -hmm. and things of that nature. It is. Plus, I posted one of their new features yesterday. And that sound. Has yeah, everyone you know? noticed on their Facebook that in your settings, they have labeled you as moderately conservative, very conservative, yes. moderate? Has everybody gone in their settings and looked at that? Mine says yeah, Genghis like it Khan. Does, does it sure really? I'm right, fringe, rogue. <laughs> Mine says right very conservative. They, they've nailed it on the head. But I it's very interesting that? that they set that setting for you and that you don't set it yourself. It's you what Facebook deems it. you as, correct? And you can't change you it. You cannot change That's it. Great. It's kind of like on Twitter when you're shadow banned with this quality ban filter. Yes. 
and uh, you can uncheck the little box all you like, but they're putting it on your stuff. Correct. And you can't change that. Well, last night, uh, I woke up, I had a nightmare. It was horrible. Anyways, look on Facebook, and then I saw their video. Y'all, it's comical. And I tagged you, Dave. Did you say it? Where Which they, one? It was very short. It was like 15 seconds. It said that it was from Facebook, uh-huh. and it was saying... This is what we're going to do to make sure we don't have any more meddling in our elections. And it was three things. One was we're going to double our team. Two oh, yeah, more banning. <laughs> uh, artificial intelligence and something else. And it was just like, have a nice day. I was like, this is just too cute. Like, uh, that's just so precious. Like, really? Like, that's laughable, you know, which so maybe they're getting us back. For- so I just keep waiting for where is the conservative who wants to make a ton of money? By doing a conservative or an open platform social platform, I think that that will be the next. I think all of this will come to a very giant, ugly head. I really think it it will, will. especially with Trump being in office. I Mm -hmm. don't think this will lose momentum, and I think you're right. I think that the way social media has functioned for so many years will not be what it is in the next couple. So my point of view on this is that I think social media has become and should be regulated like a utility. It is being used that way. And when you, you know, you can't call uh, in Conway, it's Conway Corps who provides my electricity Mm -hmm. for my home. Mm -hmm. I can't call some other power company and get power from anybody else. Mm -hmm. That's where I have to get power. Therefore, it's a utility. It's regulated. Social media has been allowed to uh, perform a very significant function in our society. Mm -hmm. And yet, it's being totally well, controlled call by the Democrats and the left. A necessity, you know, well, no, I thing. mean it has become. That's what I'm saying. I agree, social but media be has become, especially be for argument. your generation, Hannah. Yes, I mean it is essential for the way we interact in today's world. One hundred percent. And you can't go anywhere else and get it. You get it from Facebook or you get it from Twitter right. or Instagram. Well, and Facebook has a monopoly over a lot of things. All the I mean, same. I know they've bought Instagram and They're you know all they the keep consolidating all, all these it's different platforms. Right. And it should be regulated as a utility, which means that it would be available and there wouldn't be all this garbage about banning the, uh, oh, yeah, we're really not biased. But it just so happens that all the algorithms, why is that? Mm -hmm. That always There's a certain point, so many coincidences are no longer a coincidence. No No coincidence. Hannah, Uh -uh. we got shut down, what, five times during Ann Coulter's interview? And not only that, well, you know what happened when we did Aretha Franklin the other day. Now, that's a music thing, but we, I mean, Salem Media owns. Right. You have the rights to it. We have the rights to this music. And they know that. They know that. This is the second week in a row they've come after us, Dave. So here's another thing about (laughs) Facebook. So I'm poking around here trying to find my very conservative setting. And (laughs) lo and behold, my facial recognition setting Mm -hmm. is turned on. Mm -hmm. Now, I understand that that is for if somebody tags me in a picture. You don't have to go through the trouble of tagging that person. Facebook will automatically do it for you. But think of the doors that opens for abusers. Absolutely. Think of what happens if China hacks Facebook. I mean, think, just think of the like the the implications in your country, the implications of anybody who's good at hacking, the implications oh, yeah. for other countries to get your information. Think of how scary something like facial recognition could how about, be. Or if you how s- about for rapists? Well, I was exactly. Say, if you mm-hmm. see some gal walking by on the street and you kind of like her looks, you snap the picture and you go to Facebook. Now you know where she lives. Exactly. Like, you know who she is. Like maybe it's somebody spooky. like molly tibbet thank you that's exactly what i was thinking of yeah yeah just think about that for a moment it's yeah. really really dangerous 
And, and you know, they say that what we are saying on, on these social media platforms is dangerous. No. Their behavior is what's dangerous. And they know they can get away with it because yeah. so many it's, – it's almost a groupthink thing. So many people yep. want to be on the leading edge of technology. My generation, like I said last week, we have FOMO, fear of missing out. So we don't want to miss out on the next big thing. We don't want to fall behind the curve. Where, and that may sacrifice our safety. Mm-hmm. Um, and that would be maybe a personal responsibility. Maybe you've got to think of your safety first before you think of being cool. You know, well, you can't depend on other entities for your safety. You've got to depend on yourself. Mm-hmm. So, you know, as, as a woman, think of all the responsibilities that we need to go through just because physically we're inferior to men. Our strength is inferior to yeah. them. So when you bring up safety issues like this... Same concept. Women got to look out for themselves. Men, too. I mean, I think that's probably why you find folks my age a little less active on social media. Right. Because I was raised with those beliefs. Be careful who you speak to. Be careful when you don't talk to stranger. Stranger danger. You know who are they? Right. Where they? Fi- you know Stranger all those things danger. have gone out. Right. I haven't heard that uh, really? long time. But it's I all going out the it. window now with right. social media. It's all going well, out. Well, and the think window. of how many relationships now are. It's totally normal to meet and have a relationship with somebody that you have, don't know who they are. You've never seen a person. You don't have right. any idea. I mean, Again, for right. some people. Not for me. Right. Not oh, for me. I would never. Yeah. I'm sorry. It, it, I would I could neither. Not do it. But it's I think that's how it's raised. Of course, weird. this is the difference in some generational differences. Well, but it scares the whittle out of me to think about that. Also, think about it. People in, from Paragold, where I'm from, we aren't online dating. I mean, if you are, it's very few. That's just not the culture in our area. Now, I come in a place like Little Rock, and that may be it's much more, more normal common. here. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. And so, I mean... and. For my generation, apps like Tinder. That's what those that's are what for. That's what I was going to say. Did, well, did I, didn't I see you on Tinder? Yet? You did not. <laughs> I, I have never, and I'm not just saying this because I know my mother is listening, no. but I have never been on Tinder. But I've also been dating my fiance since well before Tinder was invented, so I've yeah. never had any reason to be. Right. So, And then you think of things like you meet people and this gal that was murdered, who was pregnant, who had the two children, mm-hmm. they found the bodies in the oil tank yeah, and all that. Yeah. How long were they married? Not very long. I mean, we're talking about you don't know who people are that you start dating. Right. Then you end up, they, they had been married for a while. Yes, they had. And then this yeah. man turns out to be a murderer. Yeah, he's a psychopath. I mean, my God, that's so scary that's to an me, awful y'all. Story. How could you live with someone and you then do find know, out? You do know but, how to know if somebody's right. really hooked on Tinder, right? All you got to do is look at them if they're doing this. <laughs> right. You, know, you don't know how many tender. times I'll be a, you know, like a sporting event or some random something. You can just see people swapping around. Yeah. Right. And like, oh my! Oh, what if we come to? It's true. I mean, I'm telling you, I have very select friends that don't have Tinder. Like my single friends, I don't know how many that don't have it. So many people. It's normal, and for the most part, generally speaking, it's <sighs> safe. It's like-minded people, and typically, you know the person on your Tinder. But in a smaller city like where I'm from, oh, literally, you, you may not. So mm-hmm. it's, it's it's a whole new. Beast. See, that just gives me the heebie-jeebies. Yeah. It really does. It just gives right. me the creeps to think about looking at a picture and calling. Oh, oh, it's spooky to me. I know. Yeah. Out of the clear blue, no, no, no. How do you know? Well, those the first thing are? you got. I mean, I would assume you need to look at their height first, because you know. <laughs> you know if they're not at least six two, the color of the hair, yeah, go check that out. <laughs> All right, <laughs> then you go from there, huh? Yeah, then you move on. Just like so, we're going to move on. That's okay. so what we're going to do by taking a break. We got to take a break. Hannah's here with us. Of course, Shelley's here, and Elizabeth is here. And uh, you know, it's pretty cool the way we got the uh, the panel set up. The right view is what we're calling these group of ladies. You know what the view is like. And I'll tell you, they usually miss the mark all the time. 
But uh, just to let you know that uh, they're on every Thursday from 3 o'clock until 5. The 2 o'clock and 5 o'clock hour are set up for uh, J.R. Davis and for uh, talking about political things coming out of the uh, Capitol. Lots of big changes still going on over at Horton's Orthotics and Prosthetics. They're still working on their uh, addition there. They took their first location on 12th Street. Uh, It was a home that was built just before 1900, and because of that, it was time to tear down some and rebuild it and make it into a state-of-the-art facility, and they're doing that. And uh, I need to give them a call or stop by. I think I just stopped by. I'd like to see what's what's been done now and uh, and, and see how things are looking. I mean, a new gate room uh, where they can check out how well you're walking with uh, your prosthetic, large new waiting room. They've got the mastectomy room, and that's an area for those types of patients. So they'll have the privacy and the comfort they need while they're being fitted. And it's all because of Horton's. Uh, you know, company-wide policy to take pride in yourself on how well your patients are doing. So you want to make sure they're taken care of to the best of uh, your ability so they reach the, uh, you know, status of mobility they want to get to. Remember, six locations with the new updated facility in Little Rock, North Little Rock, Bryant, Conway, Fort Smith, and Searcy, It's Horton's Orthotics and Prosthetics, providing a lifetime of support. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about Molly Tibbetts. That's that's just, this is the stuff that drives me crazy. Because let me give you, let me just blow it out as clearly as I can. You listen to the left, and they'll come up with some inane law or something. Like, uh, you got to have bumpers on a certain thickness on a on a baby bed because if it saves just one person's life hmm. if one baby doesn't get hurt because we do this then it's worth it right but when we talk about taking care of our immigration laws and we start talking about it and uh, you have a young woman who was killed because she's just out, happens to be out running on a you know a country road in Iowa, which is not abnormal at all, mm-hmm. and some illegal kills her, and we just want the the laws of the country to be enforced. So if my daughter is out running, I don't have to worry about her being ripped away from my life because of somebody that the Democrats want to use for their vote. Mm-hmm. Uh, then that one life doesn't mean crap to them oh you're politicizing the issue if you do that well i'm not only politicizing it here let's listen to senator uh warren and what she had to say about this what did i warn you about yesterday i told you i said i know these people i know how they think Mm -hmm. and what they will do they'll minimize molly's death and they will maximize Whatever is happening to the illegals. And that's exactly what they did. Listen up. Is still sending shockwaves throughout the country. In the wake of this tragedy, liberal Senator Elizabeth Warren raised some eyebrows with this reaction to Molly's murder. Now this is hard, not only for the family, but for the people in her community, the people throughout Iowa. Uh, But 
one of the things we have to remember is we need an immigration system that is effective, that focuses on where real problems are. Separating a mama from a baby does not make this country safer. Joining us with his reaction is editor-in-chief of Campus Reform, Lawrence Jones. Lawrence, thanks for joining us. What do you make of that? Well, she's so tone deaf. I, I mean, this is what the American people is so frustrated with. It seems like people on the left are so focused on the legals, but they're not focused on the American citizens that are often harmed by people that shouldn't be in this country, that came in this country illegally. Uh, this is why I see them not being able to do well in the midterms, because every single time they have the opportunity to say, hey, I'm an American, I'm upset too. They say, oh no, uh, this, this, this president against the legals, we don't want to enrage people against uh, getting uh, comprehensive immigration reform. Well, I mean, they, they keep sliding back to the family separation, which was, I think, a low point for the president and something that they wish they could probably take back. But, you know, th their tone keeps sounding more and more like they just want open borders. They want people, if you want to come here, just come here. And when you put that Duh. to the people in yeah. polling, that's not a very popular idea. Right. I think they're stepping on themselves. It's not that they sound like they want open borders. They have made it very clear that they want open borders. They don't respect the law. They want ICE eliminated. Um, they want us to cry about the kids at the border. But remember, there are a lot of crimes in America where kids are stripped away from their parents all day, right. every day, and they have to pay the consequences, like the war on drugs, which Democrats uh, supported back in the day. Black people were support, uh, ripped away from their family back in the day because of the war on drugs. But guess what? If you want the drug laws to change, then you got to go through the criminal justice yeah. reform process. Mm -hmm. It's the same for immigration. There's not this special privilege uh, for, for getting immigration done. they got to go through the legal process. And if Congress doesn't like the law, if they want to uh, uh, have a better system, then just change the law and get a bill to the president's desk. It's that simple. Well, it really isn't. Right. But no. it's, it's, come on. <laughs> Nothing simple at all. Yeah, yeah. All right. Let's we'll leave that. Right. We can move on and, and, and continue on here. But they're exactly right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, seriously, yeah. uh, we've all said this, is that if they want to fix the immigration system, they can fix the immigration system. Yeah. They're elected senators and congressmen and women. Or just enforce the laws on the books and get the wall built. Well, even, even if they think that that's wrong, okay. So give us a solution right. that you guys can vote on. Are you and, talking about the left giving a solution? Well, no, they're they, not going mean, to do that. They want to get a solution just for the fact that this is the only land, leg they have to stand on in the midterms. So they don't want a solution because the controversy keeps their senators in office, even though they do nothing. Well, and what shocks me is how dedicated Elizabeth was to sticking to the narrative. That was her Wasn't whole. That amazing? You can't. You oh, can't she's good at that. Way from the narrative, but think of how detached she wasn't wearing her headdress. She was so. I heard that this morning, by the way. Well, she's so right. detached. She's not Pocahontas. From the everyday American. <laughs> Left, right, middle, center, it doesn't matter what you believe. Well, she's you in the political. Molly Tibbet. And this man should not have been here. She should not have died the way she nope. did. And how insensitive could one person be to now, a death? Let me make a prediction. Here, here's what I could see as I get 60 seconds to say this. Here's part of the defense that they'll take. He ended up killing her because she was going to call the police. And if the police showed up, right. they'd find out that he, he was, was here illegally, and he be, he'll be sent. They'll be sent back to Mexico. 
So why not fix so the he problem couldn't on just the front turn, end? But not ever I, let him in here. Or he see, couldn't just turn around and walk away when but I'm she just said saying, go away. Get ready to but hear that But this is what the left defense. was. I mean, they're just now He had to do it, it because it, if he did get yeah. done it, he, you know. So she's the one who was in the wrong, not him. That's correct. That's exactly That's how the way they look at it. That's exactly how it is. How dare you? And they don't care. Elizabeth Warren does not care about Molly Tibbetts. They want to fix the immediate issue. They don't want to fix the long-term repercussions. Because this is what they want want they don't want um, they want to undermine america they're their voters it's that's why they want all right news and then we're back so how about a mother who lost uh, a, a child i wonder what they thought about what elizabeth warren had to say well marianne mendoza is in that particular uh, uh place and here's what she had to say about the senator all summer, Democrats have blasted the administration for temporarily separating illegal immigrant families at the border. Unimaginably, they have ripped children away from their parents. It is inhumane. It is cruel. When you take children away and separate families, you are doing the complete opposite of the values of this nation. Those children should be with their moms and their dads. Does the president think of children as accessories? and not central to the purpose of family sanctity in our country? Okay, the left says it's deeply opposed to splitting up families. So were they even more horrified watching an American citizen permanently separated from her family by an illegal alien? On CNN, Senator Elizabeth Warren provided a very clear answer, no. The real problem, she said, is family separations of illegal aliens. Watch. I'm so sorry for the family here, and I know this is hard, not only for the family, but for the people in her community, the people throughout Iowa. Um, But one of the things we have to remember is we need an immigration system that is effective, that focuses on where real problems are. Where real problems are. Mary Mendoza is the mother of police sergeant Brandon Mendoza, who was killed by an illegal immigrant. She joins us tonight. Ms. Mendoza, thank you very much uh, for joining us. Thank you. So when you hear a politician say, yeah, someone died and that's sad, but the real problem is how we treat people trying to sneak into our country illegally. What's your response to that? I was disgusted by Senator Elizabeth Warren hearing her speak today, and what I need, what I want to say to her is stop lying to the American people because you don't care what is happening to the victims of illegal alien crime. Because if you did, you would be standing up for us and you would be doing something about it. We have pleaded with these politicians to do something to protect American citizens, and they are ramping up their protection of illegal alien criminals. And I just want to say, you know, there, there are so many victims, Tucker, and when you think of Courtney Hacking in Texas and her husband and two children were killed and the illegal alien got two years, when you think of Sanders Cohan and Carlos Wolf in Maryland who were killed on the side of the road and Maryland charged that illegal, $140 for each of the men he killed and that's the only punishment he got. Is this what an American life is worth? To our politicians and to our to our fellow Americans who don't understand this disgusting narrative that is happening in our country, and this has become political because it's the very politicians who are elected into office who are not doing a dang thing about this, and they're ignoring the American people crying for help, and they're stepping over dead American bodies in their rush to protect illegal alien criminals. I don't think you're overstating that. I agree with everything you said, and I'm really sad about it, and I'm sad that you've 
felt the sting of these insane policies. Uh, Marianne Mendoza, thank you very much for joining us. I want to just say that my heart goes out to the Tibbetts family, and God bless them, and I know what they're experiencing tonight, and I'm heartbroken. All right. Yeah, that's that's laying it right on there. You walk over, you step over the dead bodies of Americans. That's exactly and right. Them. That's exactly right. They would rather take care of anybody else other than, than those of us who belong here, than the who citizens, citizens here, yeah. who pay the taxes. And by the way, we elected those people, and not only that, but we pay their salaries. Yeah. But no, nothing we if have to legal, say is important. If you're you don't matter, right? Well, because we're not here illegally. illegally. What kills me is. Not only are her comments disgusting, we could all agree on that. That doesn't have to be said. But the left bases all of their arguments for all of their issues on emotional responses. They are the party of emotional response. But when it is in favor of the conservative ideas, oh, no, 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 turn your emotions off. Mm -hmm. Put those aside. I could preach all day about how hypocritical the left is, but it is absolutely disgusting when their hypocrisy bleeds over into literal life mm-hmm. and death situations. Yeah. They care more because that's, they want open borders and they want no voter ID so that these people will come vote for them mm-hmm. because there's waves and droves of them. Oh, sure. But that's they so plan. often, and I know this is always an issue at any level, they forget that they are public servants. Mm-hmm. If she was Molly Tibbetts' representative or senator, she would represent Molly Tibbetts. Molly Tibbetts would be mm-hmm. her boss. But she says, no, no, forget that. Mm-hmm. You are nothing. That is exactly what she has said to all her constituencies. I do not care about you. I care about my poll because numbers people more. like Elizabeth Warren don't care. They're so, yeah, they I mean, don't. That's the bottom line. I, when's they the last time you about, think that woman's bought her own groceries? Right. Uh, it, she, she is I mean, completely detached. Right? Her, oh, gosh, remember Barbara Boxer, and then you got your Diane Feinstein, your Nancy Pelosi, like, oh, my God, yeah, the, how thousands of dollars were breadcrumbs you're talking about the political elite right and i mean but they're so not, mad at trump those are just not he's, real women he's as far the as economic elite but he has the idea of the mm. everyday american at heart yeah. that's the problem yeah. they have with him not only that but, but he's one of us and he turned on us you see all right exactly you know. they all wanted to be I mean, his they friend they hate america they hate what if we they stand had thought for, they could have got period. what they wanted by being his friend that's what they would have done mm-hmm. okay they'll do anything you know what is it the ends justifies the it means. Is. i mean that's what it's always and been. the only ends that they have in mind is keeping their platform keeping their majority Keep the and narrative. keeping the power collateral damage and keeping the people she's stupid she's and on the plantation they just have to sweep under the rug she's it's just another collateral disgusting. it doesn't matter just like all those people in chicago dying every single day and oh my god like 60 something shootings weekend before last and all that's going on and they don't matter either apparently well let me just take this a little step further we can be outraged Not to and we can be upset and we are but what we really got to do, whether we like it or not, is we better get out and vote. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, that's a given. We, we better will, get out and vote. But y'all need to get out and vote. People if you're listen. not happy with what you're hearing, get busy. Not only you should go vote, but take five people with you. If the Democrats have one extra vote yep. in the House, they will impeach President Yep. Yes, Trump. they will. They will impeach him. They know they'll not get a guilty verdict in the Senate. They no. know that that's not going to happen. Well, because an impeachment is not guilt. That's and correct. a lot of people forget that. And yeah. so that's why impeachment I mean, has Bill such Clinton a weight. Yeah. still remained in office. There does not have to be yeah. any crime, any wrongdoing, nothing. The House can literally just decide, we're going to impeach you. And like mm-hmm. I told you all, 
th- that's going to happen. And, and the reason I believe that is the big hit piece that was done today mm-hmm. in USA Today. Did you, did you see it today? I did not. They had a huge piece about uh, Pence and about how he's a crazy, crazed, they call He's a rigid, religious Christ, Christian Christian apologize for. A Christian supremacist. Let me tell you, the first thing That's I think when I one. see Mike Pence is crazy. Did you crack him from left field? Right? Left field. That's left exactly field where it came from. Exactly He's a good, upstanding man. And we cannot have one of those in power. Well, Therefore, we what, shall attack his integrity. What What's her name? The, the, the black lady that's out there shooting her mouth off all the time with Omarosa or whatever. Oh, yeah. Okay. You know what she said about him? He was really, really, really strange. And he's dangerous. To her. He's, 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 right. he's, her show's over. Yeah. Come back, Omarosa. I'm glad. To I her, he back. is strange. <laughs> well, yeah. You know why? You know why? You Here's what she said. He actually believes Jesus tells him yeah. what he believes. He actually believes he talks what to God. What a crazy concept, right? Boy, come to Arkansas and talk to the majority of citizens here. If that's going to be the next yeah. I don't think he's just of attacks. Jesus talks to me. He right. sure does. And he saved my soul. Yeah. Right. I don't. I, that, I don't only believe it, but it's true. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. Amen. Want that. Hallelujah. <laughs> uh-huh. Just saying. That's considered in Washington D.C. now. That is sick. That that's being a Christian supremacist. And it also yeah. plays to how yeah. out of touch they are with normal Americans. That's well, I agree with mm-hmm. you. I wholeheartedly agree. You come agree. say that in Arkansas. What was the name of that? You'll, run out, you'll be run out yeah, of the state. It's be. not just Arkansas. No. It's not just Arkansas. Yeah. It's what they call flyover country, right. which is anything other than the which east is or the left coast collected. or New York or D.C. Okay? Yeah. And that's the majority of people, by right. the way. I mean, the we talked to Diamond and yeah. Silk about this last week. Remember, we mm-hmm. asked them when you go around and talk to people, and they're like, there are a lot a lot yeah. more people yeah. why they that aren't saying so anything, important. and they're not I mean, being they, vocal, and they're not out there and telling still everybody. A lot of Republicans in California, they're just way outnumbered. But those poor people out there, I feel sorry for them. Oh, well, they're all by their lives. I've been saying it for a long time. We are in a culture war. Whether you realize that we're in the middle of it, we have been, and it's we're a civil getting war and very it's, deep and it's being into it. With words. It's going to end up as it, a, worse I mean, than the civil war. Before. Well, I mean, the weapons of choice is, is words, and it's the media driving it. It's going to go words. way beyond words. Well, do you, well, already that point, it's do you not feel like, everything you know, is coming to a big ugly head, yep. or has it just been coming to a big ugly head for years? But I feel like we're at a at a peak for years. But things cannot sustain how they've been going on. Definitely at a top. I mean, well, now they're trying to hijack the Kavanaugh uh, Supreme Court that nominee. Ain't gonna work. Right. That ain't gonna work. But they're throwing this whole because uh, okay, because uh, of Manafort. Manafort. And okay, Cohen. first of all, really, that's the it big has news no bearing on it at Manafort all. and Cohen. First off, Manafort, duh, who didn't know he wouldn't get convicted of something? And all of his uh, the, everything he was indicted for had nothing to do with Russia anyway. So what's the big news there that the MSNBC is just did you guys, all over? Did you? And then Cohen, we knew he was going to flip anyways. What's the news? Well, as bad as those folks are, do you not think, as Dave was mentioning earlier, that Mr. Dershowitz said they're not going to just start composing? I mean, if I'm looking at 100-plus-something years in prison for something that they made up in the first place, but I know they're going to put me down... What am I going to do? These people are crooked anyway. Are they people not going to make something? To make the news this week is Trump's looking really good. He's kind of like uh, looking a little squeaky clean. Like this exonerates if you look at this with common sense and you see what we're, like they got. So he was a businessman and he took care of business. And you can't tell me I, 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 there are numerous people out there all over the place 
that have enough money that are up there, business or entertainment. And when something comes up like that, the easy way, really, it's our society. Pay them off and be done with it. Whether they're lying or they're telling the truth, shut them down, get it over with. And it's become an accepted thing. And you read about it regularly. It happens you know, everywhere, all uh, over the country. So and so went away, the and they're under a non-disclosure, so they're not going to tell you how it happened, and they can't talk about the settlement, but they're not going to talk about it. It's all about the money. Yeah, mm-hmm. all about the money. And let me tell you, the predators out there, like Stormy Daniels, know if I stand up and accuse Trump, I get money. Well, I'll uh, get money the, automatically no. because I've accused, and he's going to come along and close me yeah. down. So I'm going to I'm going to go make some money by accusing you know somebody prominent of something they did not do, and they're going to come yeah. along and pay me and off. All this That's what happens. Said, you got the twelve Russians that do they even really exist? I would probably bet. No, they don't. They're just made up. But who knows? Of the day, we just still know they'll never for. show up here in then court. You, that's the only thing that's with Russia. Then you've got Cohen and Manafort, and you've got a few others. But none of them have to do with any, anything to do with Russia. And yet, almost two years later, twenty-two million dollars later, yep. we sit and they have nothing on Trump because but here's believe the other me, part if they it. did, they'd already gotten. Him but here's for the it. other part of it: we have Republicans in Congress. How come they haven't shut this damn thing down? That's what pisses. Can I say that? I yeah. Know. That's no. first of all, I've cursed on this show. I mean, in Jeff Sessions, come on now, like, don't get me all hopping mad again. All right. Here's from the the, the name of the book is the Shadow President. Uh huh. The okay. truth about Mike Pence. And uh, the first question. Book? The first question that yeah. Brand new. The whole. Brand is new. the Christian supremacist. Mm-hmm. Who wrote this? Uh, Michael D'Antonio and Peter Eisner. Yeah, they're real okay. experts. I've heard of them before. They cast uh, Pence's background, Congressman, Indiana Governor, Trump VP, in a harsh light, arguing that, quote, the most successful Christian supremacist in America history is already functioning as a kind of replacement president and is preparing to fashion a nation more pleasing to his god oh, the and corporate sponsors oh, first the of all of our country was founded on the country. values of his god yeah hmm. all right let's take a break by the way god small g according to them it's the dave ellswick show don't forget about our good friends at aero plumbing aero plumbing will take good care of you they've got all of their uh, guarantees out there about them leaving your house clean you being a hundred percent satisfied if a piece that they put in happens to be a, a lemon, how they'll replace it and take care of it for you, and they just do a really, really good job. They are the plumbers that I use exclusively. That's aeroplumbing.net or just Google them at aeroplumbing. I don't know if you know this or not, but uh, five hundred and sixty-seven different ways to claim your Social Security. 2,728 rules in the Social Security Handbook and the federal government has told the Social Security Administration that they're actually forbidden to offer you any personalized advice. No wonder as much as $10 billion in benefits go unclaimed every year. So learn how you could wring every nickel out of your Social Security benefits in the up-to-date 2018 Guide to Social Security. It's from David Lucas of the David Lucas Show. You hear him every Saturday. 10 o'clock, 3 p.m. here on 101.1 FM, The Answer. To get that free 2018 Guide to Social Security, be one of the first 10 callers right now, 501-653-6690, 501-653-6690, or visit davidlucasfinancial.com. And one last thing, here's another piece out of that uh, thing about um, Pence and this new book. 
Former White House aide Omarosa writes in her new memoir that Pence is biding his time until Trump resigns or is impeached. Quote, as bad as you think Trump is, you should be worried about Pence, she said on Celebrity Big Brother back in February. He thinks Jesus tells him to say things. And then um, how about this one? While Pence may have cited convicted Watergate conspirator Charles Colson as a dear friend and mentor because of the religious conversion Colson underwent in prison, the authors assert without substantiation that it's just as likely that Pence was drawn to Colson's lingering aggressive tendencies. They comment on Pence's favorite movie by noting that he loved The Wizard of Oz despite the feminist power of his main characters, and Pence's trademark extreme niceness is not benign in the author's eyes. Instead, Pence has weaponized his niceness as a tool of persuasion and deflection. Here's what I know. Now, is that not a hack? I cannot deal with this. Here's what I know. And I found comfort in this is that Pence's God and my God, from what I understand about Pence's religious beliefs, Mm -hmm. is much bigger than anything that they want to say to him. And we knew, as Christians, that we would be persecuted. And here's what I say. The devil feels as though he is losing hold on this country. And with the leadership that we have in there now, this country is restoring to something that more so reflects Mm -hmm. Christian values. Oh, yeah. So here the devil is given his last-ditch effort. But what I know, again, is that our God is bigger than that, and Pence's God is bigger than that, and that we will prevail over this, whatever that may look like, and that it's going to be okay at the end of the day. At the end of the day. That's the truth. That's the truth. It's going to take some fight to get there. Can't fight the truth. You can't fight it. You know, you might want to say all those things, but I know this much. Your knee will bow just like everybody else's does one day. It sure will. (laughs) Bottom line. I don't have any problem saying that either. It makes me sad for their soul. Yes, it does. It's heartbreaking. You know, it's so easy to be angry about it, but we need to be heartbroken about it. Because think of where their hearts are. They're so far from the truth. It's sickening. This is where the Bible says you pray for your enemies. Exactly. Okay. It really is a humbling thing. Yeah, it truly is. All right. Ladies, I appreciate you coming in today. Happy to be here. I'm looking over. I'm looking, Thanks for having I'm us. I'm looking across at, uh, at Shelly, and she is really pissed. Yep. <laughs> I, I, She's not excited about anything today. <laughs> would you all agree with me if she would dye her hair blonde? And she used to be a blonde at one yeah, time. Yeah, I did at one time. You could blonde her hair. And wouldn't she look like Ann Coulter? She looked kind of yeah, like Ann Coulter. Yeah, you could get something going with there. much better you tan. Get some because I'm going to tell you what, Ann Coulter is about as pale as a pale person. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say she's got too much tan for that. <laughs> we have a lot in common, though. And, so and we had a, our, kind of our backgrounds and whatnot. So I'm yeah. a lawyer, but we had a social post common. that says Shelley's voice isn't deep enough. <laughs> oh, good grief! All right. I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) (laughs) Mr. Radio We appreciate you, Shelly. Thanks a lot. (laughs) Thanks about that. All right, we're going to take a break, let you all get out of here, get back on uh, next Thursday here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.